This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I'm here with Greg after a wonderful Mohegan Sun weekend. We have quite the show for you today. Greg and I will be talking a little bit of hockey. I'm sure we'll talk some Mets, and then we'll eventually talk the finale of Game of Thrones last night, which was a burner, to say the least. And later in the episode, we also have James Clark, who is our resident Blue Shirts Breakaway prospect expert, to talk all the things about the draft and uh, the future of the Rangers farm system. But for right now, Greg, say hello. Hello. Greg, we had quite the weekend at Mohegan Sun, didn't we not? Uh, that is that is that is the word for it. You think that's a, that's a good word? <laughs> Industry term, I believe. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I think, what, we were there for... 72 hours, I slept for maybe six of them. Yeah. That was nice. You, uh, you, I frequently remember you getting back after 6.30. Uh, well, first night, we got back at 7 a.m. We should be... We should be clear here. Uh, more specific here. And the second night, we got back at 6. So it was an early night that second night. That was good. But we did a lot of fun things like play mini golf, swim in a lake. You know, like a lot of wholesome family activities. Drop pools in, uh, drop phones in said lake. Yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess we should talk about this. Uh, should we? We we kind of teased who Norm was last week. Should we tell who Norm is now? Uh, I mean, there's no tease about it. He's the he's the world's grandfather. He's the world's grandfather. Uh, Norm is a, a late seventies, uh, wonderful kind man who uh, owns a lake house in Connecticut. Who happens to be the bus driver from a Marriott in Connecticut to Mohegan Sun, who's a retired pharmacist. That's his whole life story. And, Greg, you befriended him. Is this correct? Well, I mean, I had help. Myself, uh, Mike Arigema, Vinny Gennardi, John York. The four of us have formed a bond with this. We formed a bond with this man that is unbreakable by by anything. And uh, he he invited uh, those four names and then 20 other people to his lake house for a birthday party where he cooked all of us food and let us swim in the lake. (laughs) It was... It was so lovely. It was phenomenal. Phone into the lake included. Yeah, so immediately everyone's swimming except Greg. 
And Greg has his phone in his pocket, like, like moves over for a second. Phone goes immediately to the lake, and the first thing I say to him, he goes, well, there goes the podcast. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. But it seems you've gotten a new phone a day later. I'm really impressed. I bought one this morning in New York City uh, with money that I didn't have because I lost a lot of it at the casino. But um, and we should also note that uh, for one of the hands I was playing blackjack, I went, I went. Uh, it's true. This is a double. true story. I tried to double. I tried to double the money, and you were standing behind me. You gave me a look of I fucking hate you. <laughs> you saw the money I was gambling as a microphone, and I told you, point blank, dead serious, Ryan. If I win this hand, I will buy a microphone. Yes. And I won the hand. This is true. You hit twenty-one. So now I need to buy a microphone. That's true. I need to. I need, a, need to get a microphone. Uh, in due time, because for that microphone to work, you will need to hook it up to a laptop. So that is what our next goal is. Yeah, but I mean, uh, speaking of John York, he was a kind fellow to let me use his Chromebook last night while I didn't have a phone. And I got to tell you, those things are small. Nifty. And they accomplish everything I would need it to accomplish. We just got to make sure that it would be a uh, microphone-friendly purchase. I will tell I, I this is a conversation it. for off the air, but the microphone I use is USB, so you'd be fine. Okay, well, there we go. Right, so that's uh, that's the answer to everything. And I swear we will talk hockey in a second, but uh, I wanted to get all this out of the way for you know all the people that really care about what happens in our personal life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's the... why they're here. They, yeah. don't, they actually think we give terrible Rangers takes. They're yeah. here to hear about our weekend. <laughs> are, they, are they wrong? <laughs> uh, no, they are not. Our Mets take were pretty good. We'll get to that in a, a couple minutes. Here. Yeah, no, fuck those guys tonight, huh? Oh, eh? Well, hey, I guess you should state that uh, the Mets are now losing to the Nationals. After being up 4 nothing with Noah Syndergaard on the mound, I'm really not happy. Quick question, because I'm uh, ignorant to Mets news at this point in time. Are the Nets playing uh, the Nets? Are the Nats playing the Mets tomorrow, Tuesday, the day this podcast releases? Yes. So you will be seeing and Wednesday as well. You will be seeing Lucas Giolito then. Yeah, the Mets. Let's review star pitching prospects the Mets have had to face in their major league debut so far this year. Aaron Blair with the Braves. Okay. James Montayon with the Pirates. And uh, Julio Urias with the Dodgers. And now we're getting Lucas Giolito. Pretty good record. At this though. point, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the Pirates will call Tyler Glad now and have him pitch against the Mets. Um, Sha- Sean Mania, Blake Snell, debut? somehow you'll see, even though you're not playing the Rays? No, they have to. It has to be specifically for a major league debut, though. Oh, okay. All right. So Glass now is like the last big one, then. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get to some some hockey news now that we are a Ranger podcast. Um, and uh, sure, buddy. later in this interview, like I said, James is coming up, and we talk for the Ra- we talk strictly Rangers, I believe, for forty five minutes. So if you're here for some, he really- paid more attention to the draft than you and I did combined times one million. One times one million. James James is a gem, and I'm flattering him right now. Um, they did not have the draft on in the casino. They had uh, limited things on. I believe it was soccer that we were watching. Or they what? had the rerun of the Barrett-Jackson car auction that they were hosting oh, yes, earlier that day. That's true. I saw that, too. I, I took some guesses on cars. Man, this podcast is off to a roaring start. So let's talk hockey. Here we go. The Rangers, are, the Rangers are interested in Thomas Vanek for a possible one-year deal. You gave me a, an interesting take on this, and uh, I, of course, this, this is an old man at this point. But uh, what do you think about Thomas Vanek? Uh, he, to me, is a poor man's Rick Nash. And if the Rangers' goal is to move Rick Nash, but try to remain competitive in the short term, then Vanek is the kind of guy you need. I think 
Uh, he's had injury troubles the last couple of years. Sound familiar? It's always Rick Nash. But he is a proven offensive threat when healthy. Uh, the analogy I gave you, which I think is fitting, is he is the Rich Hill to David Price. If you don't want to pay the premium price to have David Price, Rich Hill is the mold of the kind of player, uh, baseball-wise, that you would want in return. And if the Rangers get him on a one-year deal, it is not a long commitment. They could use him as a trade chip come the deadline to bring in even more assets. And it, it doesn't give the illusion to the fan base that they are blatantly rebuilding. Um, and I do think if Vanek does sign, that is basically the kiss of death on Rick Nash's time as a Ranger, is how I would read that signing. I, I tend to agree. Uh, Vanek last year had 41 points for the Wild, and the year before that he had 52 points. So not really a bad. More, I, it, more, but more importantly, how many games did he play in those two seasons? He played 80 games in 2014-2015, uh, and this year he played 74. So pretty good, actually. Those game numbers are actually higher than I was expecting. Yeah, he played the games. I mean, uh, he, his production really wasn't there, but we're not expect, we're not signing him to be a top six guy. He would be kind of an old man, veteran presence, I guess, and hopefully we sign him for one year on a one on a one way. But I don't know if that yeah, would actually. Yeah, I mean, here. again, it's 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 the perfect Vanek is a perfect transitional signing where you're not you don't want to raise the white flag, but you also don't want to spend ten million dollars on Steven Stamkos. Right. Yeah, you don't like you don't want to do that in this day and age. I mean, he like I talked to obviously James before we talked to you tonight. So uh, he was saying earlier, he'll say later in this podcast that Stamkos is probably the best free agent in the last like twenty years. But even then, you still don't want a part of him. And apparently, Detroit is uh, thinking about throwing some money at him. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Detroit is uh, is the name I keep hearing over and over again, which means you everyone out there should have taken me up on my offer when I said Stamkos was already a Maple Leaf. Didn't someone take you up on that offer? Uh, I think, did Jeff, did our buddy Jeff take me up on that offer? I think Pat took you up on that offer. Our friend Pat. Ah, yes. We will see. Correct. That sounds right. Yes, that does sound right. Um, so other than that, for Ranger news, just the draft happened. We got a player named Sean Day, who I'm, we're going to go very in-depth into later in this podcast, but pretty much he's the high-risk, high-reward kind of a player. Kind of just had a, a tough living and uh, is the perfect player for the Rangers to draft in the third round. And other than that, we had solid wild cards throughout out. That's it. So any, any of your thoughts on the draft, if you have any thoughts at all, Greg? I have no thoughts. I know we traded for a defenseman in the middle of the draft. That is true. And his name is blanking on me now, even though I said it. Nick Nick Holden. Nick Holden. Uh, even though I said it a ton of times earlier. Yeah, he's a bottom, uh, like he's, he's like a six seven kind of guy. So he'll be uh, he'll be interesting on this team, and somehow Av will play him over McElrath, which will be fun. Well, I, I think I think uh, I have this weird feeling that Holden is here to replace McElrath. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if McElrath is going to be coming back. You think that's because AV, AV I, really doesn't want to play him? I, I think, I think part of it is that I, I, I really don't think there's something in McElrath's game that AV doesn't like. And uh, I mean, how many times do you have to listen to this podcast for me to tell you that I really just Holden and McElrath are redundancy, and they're not the type of player you want a redundancy of. Having one of them makes your team deep and useful, but having two of them really handcuffs you in what you want to do. And you and I have talked ad nauseum about how the Rangers need to get better on defense. And Nick Holden is a nice depth piece, 
but he's not shaking up the top two pairings on your D line. Uh, oh, never. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a home for Holden and McElrath. We will have a much better feel for this team after free agency starts next week. So uh, I don't want to jump to any conclusions this, here. This is true. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll have a big free agency podcast after everything starts going and trades start happening. I mean, if Rick Nash starts getting traded next week, you know, you could expect a, a, a barn burner from us. So that'll be interesting. We'll have taste. This is the calm before the storm, I would say. There are, uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to describe right, it. Right, and the reason we brought James on is because you and I are not prospect experts. What's you and I are not prospect experts. I drank 20-plus well, Long Island iced teas while the uh, draft was going on, so I have, I have no take on the draft because <laughs> I, I just there's, – there's, my take on the draft is don't hit when the dealer is showing a six. I, it's true. Is that something that happened to you this weekend? No. Oh, okay. I did the make rules. the mis- at one point. The word. Oh, I mean, I made a lot of big mistakes. The worst thing I did at a blackjack table was when a dealer was showing a four, like an idiot. I split fives, not even thinking. What an idiot! Uh, and that 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 pissed off the table. That made the table mad. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, that makes sense, I guess. I I will tell you, my big mistake yeah. was. I got a phone call from two of our dearest friends, and they were locked out of our very shady motel we were staying in. And uh, I put $30 down. I was playing a $5 blackjack table, very cheapo of me. Uh, and I put $30 down for the hand because I knew I was going to go. I was like, you know what? If I, I'll win or lose this hand, I'm not going to go. And I had $10, $10 left, and I didn't put it on match the dealer, and I matched double suited. So 22 to 1 odds. I... See you later. $200. I'm pretty mad. Oh, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, oh bad beats, money. Yeah, no, you want to talk about putting money on something as a joke and then not having the balls to do it. I was playing roulette with some of our friends on this trip and was down a substantial amount of money and had a one hundred dollar chip in my pocket and was like, oh, my luck had my luck spent shit on that. I should just put this on one number. And I joked about it being thirty one and thirty one hit on that. No, spin. it did it. And I, I, no. I legit, I legitimately fell down. Like I, I fainted from not winning thirty five hundred dollars on that spin. You know what's weird, and this is strange because I didn't know this actually happened until you told me this right now. I looked at you earlier in that night and I said, "I really just want to bet thirty one once," and I, di- I didn't do it. Oh, I bet. I mean, don't get me wrong. I won money on the spin because I bet thirty one every time. Oh, okay. Um, and I put I put three dollars on it, so I walked away with one hundred and five dollars right. on that spin, but. I literally looked at two of our friends and said, I should put 100 on 31 on this spin. <laughs> Didn't do it, and then 31 uh, hit. That's just our luck. That was, that was the Chromebook right there, baby. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of things yeah. right there, Brian. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, uh, so, I, I, honestly, you and I don't have much more to talk about the Rangers straight up. Uh, James is coming up next. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Mets first because I remember you saying to me this weekend, you do have some things to say. And I want to commend I you. I want to commend you, by the way. Last week, you said Conforto would be sent to the minors, and Nimmo was called up, and that happened over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Did I say I had things to say? You did. You looked at me. You may have been a little bit on the Long Island Ice T side, I guess. You're like, I have so many hot takes uh, about mean, the Mets this week, which I guess you were lying. Oh. Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably. Okay. Right now, I'm just like it's just there's. I'm I'm just I'm exhausted. Okay. I'm working on like even last night I think I got six hours which doubled my sleep output for the weekend. Um 
But, yeah, I'm just frustrated the Mets are losing tonight because they were up 4 nothing against the Nationals in Washington at the start of a big three-game series with Syndergaard on the mound, and then Syndergaard had just a blow-up of a third inning, and now they're losing 5-4. So I'm not, I'm not pleased with the product. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Jose Reyes is here. I was going to ask he's you about that. He's not in the majors yet. Well, how do you feel? Well, like- he's not in the majors yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my hot takes for when he's in the majors. I mean, look, I'm of the camp where I would prefer not to root for um, people – charged with domestic abuse-related crimes to be on any of my sports teams. That makes sense. Uh, it's not something I personally enjoy just because, you know, baseball is supposed to be an escape from real life, and uh, real life comes at you fast when you're faced with the question of, do I root for this guy that is a deplorable human being? Um, but at the same time, you know what makes me happy? The Mets winning. And if Jose Reyes helps the Mets win – I don't know. Like, it's, I get it. It's, it's, it's a weird juxtaposition. Uh, I can't, def- I will never defend any of his actions. Yeah, how could if you? If anyone has a, if anyone says Reyes shouldn't be on the Mets, I can't argue that he should be. But, uh, you know. Here we are. I just, I, I root for the, I root for the clothes, mostly. Like, of course, I have favorite players, but. If the Mets are successful, I'm a happy camper. And, uh, you know, if Jose Reyes helps the Mets be successful, I will be a happy camper. All right. So, you know what? Save your Mets hot takes for next week when we actually have energy. And uh, let's cut it over to James, this first interview. And then you and I will come back and we will talk the finale of Game of Thrones. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. That sounds like a good time because I have a lot to say about that. Or maybe I think I do and I don't. So we'll see. All right, we'll be right back. We'll find out. We're going to cut over to James, talk about the Rangers draft for about 45 minutes of our lives, and then come back for a Game of Thrones finale. Here we go. Hey, so we're here back with James Clark, our resident prospect expert of Blue Shirts Breakaway. James, say hello. Hello. An expert is debatable. Oh, that's, that's, again, an expert. That's debatable for all of us on this podcast, a.k.a. me, you, and Greg. That's uh, true. Um. We had an interesting weekend, as I briefly told you, and I have yet to talk to Greg, but uh, as you've probably heard, listeners, we, we just had a nice conversation about our weekend at Mohegan Sun. So we figured we'd get away from uh, our shenanigans and talk a little actual Ranger information, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you could tell us uh, about Sean Day and others that got drafted in this draft. Yeah, they, they did pretty well in the draft, actually, for having no picks until the 81st overall pick. Right, so give me the rundown on Sean Day. I know he has he got something called the exceptional exceptional award. Is that true? No, exceptional status. It's where okay. you get to join the OHL when you're 15, so you get to join early. And I can't remember who it is. Tavares, Ekblad, somebody else. Who I know. I knew one was Tavares. That's all I knew. Yeah. So if you get the exceptional status, you're generally really good, and you're like pretty impressive. Okay. And he kind of didn't live up to that right away. And, I mean, he's only 18. I was going to say, he's only 18, right? And he's, he's a huge guy, but doesn't hit hard? That's, that's, the, that's the rap? He can hit hard. Uh, he just doesn't really, because when he was playing, he was like 6'3 when he was 14. So he didn't, he doesn't need yeah. to hit guys. So <laughs> What's that like? I, I don't know. I, I'll never be that tall. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, but he, he's a phenomenal skater. Like, he's, for such a big guy, he can really, really skate. Okay. And 
it, it, the potential he has is he has the potential to be the kind of defenseman you want in the NHL, you know, mobile two-way defenseman. Now, He's I, not going to get trapped in his own zone with the puck like okay. half of the other people on the team. Right. Well, yeah, I would say that's officially half now with the Anil gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, that's tough. Uh, I know that Sean Day, uh, the AVs made a comment about him afterwards saying that a lot of people were scared off of him. What was the reason he dropped again? Was it a severe injury? Do we know that? No injury. Um, if you, I posted an article on the, on the Reddit page, but uh, Sean Day had a lot of personal issues. Okay. And he had a lot of family issues, and he stopped focusing on hockey as much because his personal life was kind of in shambles. Now, I can, I can easily see how that could be an issue from 16 to 18. There when you're lot... 16, 17, and you are granted exceptional status, and everybody's watching you as the potential top five NHL pick, and your life kind of gets a little screwed up, you'll probably have a nervous breakdown, which is what Sean Day had. Right. He has to, he has to be traded from the OHL team who was on. They wouldn't trade him, oh. and he kind of had a lot of trouble he stopped his fitness he gained like 20 pounds and he showed up to he showed up to the team canada world junior camp like 20 pounds overweight and they cut him see, and people were like this kid doesn't care oh see i like this pick a lot then though if that's like uh, the injury there's no injury if that's really the case if he could really get his act together he was just out of shape and they were perceiving him as being lazy because his you know mental life at the time was not great and uh now he has a chip on his shoulder oh <laughs> and a pretty, yeah pretty big uh, in the interviews that they uh, they had, he's like, you know, I'm 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 already down, uh, you know, 25 pounds or whatever it is. He's like, I'm a new Sean Day. He's like, I'm here. I'm focused. I'm ready. If I can get a new Sean Day who's 18, like, <laughs> what else can yeah. you ask for as a Ranger I would, fan? I would like, and you know, in terms of the picks they had, they saw Sean Day was on the board, and they said, well, why don't we just go for what the biggest potential is available to us right now, and that's Sean Day. If he tu- if he turns into what he can turn into, because he has he has elite tools in his toolbox, he right. just has to put it together. And it's much easier to have that conversation when a guy's eighteen as opposed to twenty three. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, if this guy puts, know, if this guy come, becomes seventy five percent of what he was supposed to be, which was obviously a superstar, that's a score for us. I mean, you know, some of the comparisons people are comparing him to guys like Victor Hedman. Okay. Uh, and like his skate, the Gordy Clark said that he thought he was the best skater in the draft. And in the modern NHL, your guys just need to be able to skate, and they need to be able to skate at an elite level. I wonder um, if other teams are catching on to that now. It seems like that's I don't, like, like the... I don't know that they are. Okay. It, it's I amazing how many teams you see still with old-style thinking, not even in the NHL, but in other sports too, like the NBA. It, it's... I mean, even the Rangers have some kind of old-style thinking, but uh, I, I, I watch the draft Cool. both days because i'm a nerd and right this is, uh, this is why you're on this guys, phone call with me with me james <laughs> I, just, yeah, no. uh, I just watched guys i was like oh okay so there's a guy called alex to okay uh he scored 101 points back to back and uh for the erie otters is that he's good? five seven. Oh yeah, my god really all right so he's, he's zookite he's zookite and uh he's like 150 pounds and i sat there i was like well he'll go 20th he went in the second round in chicago got him with the pick that he got from the andrew shaw trade of course they did and i was like okay one God damn it, Chicago. I was kind of hoping the Rangers would get him because then I could have another short guy jersey. Right. Two, are you guys so stupid over the NHL GM? Then they're still like, oh, he's not big enough. I'm like, are we not over this yet? Yeah. What Jared Spurgeon is the best offensive defenseman in the NHL. He's 5'9". Tyler Johnson is an excellent center. He's 5'9". I, I, yeah, mean, I don't know when it's going to be. A, uh... You have to get over the height things that, that they still have. And somebody did a study. There's no correlation between size and, and points. Sidney Crosby's like 5'10". 
Like secretly five like, ten? Is he actually listed as yeah, like six he's one? Yeah, listed at like six feet, and everybody's like, uh, he's probably closer to five ten. Pretty questionable. Like, listed at six feet once, and that was like a uh, a joke that they were like, "There's no way you're that tall." Okay, all right. I actually didn't uh, know that. That's like a nice secret about the cross. I'm gonna call yeah, him the cross probably, for the rest of this podcast. But <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe he's five eleven, but he's he's not a big guy. Right. Uh, yeah. So that, that's incredible that teams just pass up on like same thing. I, I know I just I mentioned the NBA, but I, I do follow the NBA pretty closely, too. And I do follow the Spurs a little bit. They had a guy that just dropped forever. Like, I don't know how certain teams just get so lucky, like Chicago, the Spurs. They just they have better scouting than everyone else. I mean, I, I, that's part of it. And, I, and it's one of those things. There's a defenseman who uh, who's Swedish whose name is Sebastian Ejo. Uh, funny enough, there's a forward prospect from Finland who is owned by the Hurricanes called Sebastian Ejo. And Sebastian Ejo would have been a great pick for anybody. Nobody got him because he was 5'10". Um, there's a, a kid called Victor Mete who is one of my favorite prospects available in the draft. He went 100th overall. Wow. And I'm like, it's just because he's 5'10". Now, these guys like, usually get a shot when they go to camp or they, they play for an a- AHL team, right? Yeah, um, I a lot of the, the rules are fuzzy depending on where you're from. If you played in juniors, you're not allowed to play in the uh, AHL till you're 20. Okay, that is that if is funny. You can go when you're 18. Hmm. So it's just one of those weird uh, rules. But uh, back to Shante, we always get distracted every time I'm on. Yeah, but that's fine. Uh, that's this whole podcast. Like everyone knows. <laughs> the whole point of the show. Yeah, uh, but a guy like Shante was the biggest potential pick they could have got there and teams passed on him and i think that if sean day puts it together everybody will look back and go shit we probably should have taken sean day well isn't that what Um, happened with duclair didn't we get him in the third round duclair was injured and there was also a comment that patrick waugh made notably that he didn't think he was very good and a lot of gms took patrick waugh at his word and said he's not very good hmm uh well they were wrong huh you're idiots. I'm totally making them draft Anthony Duclair in the third round. All, all three of those picks, uh, I think the other one was Buchnevich actually was perceived as being too cocky to go in the first two rounds. And the Rangers just sat there and waited for him to fall. I'm all, and about, they do that. I'm all about Buchnevich. I saw his picture today. I got really excited. He is yeah. really, he is so tiny though. That I've guy needs to, legs. what was that? Yes, yeah, they're, they're like chicken links. I can't, no, no, his legs, his actual legs. Have you seen his legs? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, those aren't chicken legs. Those are those are some those are some core legs. I, I saw but his body strength. He's like he looks like me. I he's saw not, his arms today. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, if you look at his legs, okay. his legs are what his arms should look like. Okay, that, uh, needs, that guy needs to eat some burritos now that he's in New York and uh, get yeah. ready to go. Yeah, no, there was a joke, uh, a tweet I saw online that was really funny that he's probably the only Russian hockey prospect not busted for steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Pavel Buchnevich has taken steroids. Yeah, so, I mean, um, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that Sean Day fell to us. I like a boomer bust pick, especially in the third round. They don't have any other choice. They can't go for safe picks because you go for safe picks when you have a top 10 pick. Oh, Rangers yeah. haven't had that luxury series. Any, If it's a boomer bust pick, you got to take it. Well, we did that. His name's Dylan McElrath, right? No, no. Actually, people shit on Dylan McElrath. He was actually projected to be a first-round draft pick. People I know, I forget know. That. People shit uh, on it because hindsight's twenty twenty, and there were amazing players that went after him. I, I don't think Cam Fowler's that good. I mean, I'd take Cam Fowler over McElrath, but... Fine. Uh, didn't um, Tezarenko go after, after him that year? Am I wrong? Let's not talk about that. Okay. All right. I was right. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, yeah. it's like when the Rangers could have won the draft lottery the year Sidney Crosby went to the Penguins. It's just best not to think about it. Yeah, uh... 
I don't know if imagine that we would love Ratface Crosby. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like uh, we, I think me and Greg have briefly talked about this before, but I don't know if I would like Crosby even if he was on my team. I know he's so good. I don't know. I've I, I, I'd prefer Jonathan Taves personally, and I know that's like a stupid thing to say because Crosby's like the best player on the planet. I'd totally take Taves. I get it. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So tell me about so enough about Sean Day. We all, we know, we know what he is, right? He's he could yeah. be. He could be an elite-level NHL defenseman. He could also never do anything. But that's, that's the case for everybody that goes anywhere in the NHL injury. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you, you can't beat that. But you really can't beat the upside of where he, where he was. Did, did anyone go after him that you felt like, oh, we, that was a guy we should have been able to maybe grab? No. Uh, in, in, in the third round, no. There were some guys with the later picks that we grabbed that we, you know, there are fourth and fifth rounders, and we'll get to that. But for the area that he was in, there kind of there kind of is not anybody with as much potential as Sean Day. Okay. And for a guy who wasn't a first or second round pick, you know, I mean, I've seen him skate. I, I watched him play because he was a really hyped prospect for years. He was, you know, I've seen him play a lot actually, and he can skate. He can really skate. And they now have the advantage of having Brady Shea, who can actually skate. Shea, who's probably the best skater out of the defensive pool. Uh, Sean Day, who can really skate, and Ryan Graves can skate as well. He's not as good as the other two, but. Right. Uh, Ryan Graves also has like a shoulder made of titanium. Well, Graves so. is still like two years away, right? Yeah, he's in the. They're doing the prospect uh, development camp right now. Where yeah, I was looking, looking up at that. And Ryan Graves is there right now, uh, as is Sean Day. Brady Shea's not because he's guaranteed to make the team. Right. So, well, I, I mean, I've, I've seen my defenseman recently, and he might be a top pairing. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if they uh, uh, the scary thing about that though is that they might play him on the right side. And Brady Shea is so eager to please that he'll play the right side, and I kind of don't want them to do that because okay. he should play the left side because he's really, really good on the left side and pretty decent on the right side. Like he can play both sides, but if they do this, we're going into camp and Brady Shea is our right-sided defenseman. They're going to screw his development up a little bit. That sounds they, that sounds rangery. It sounds like something we would yeah, do. Totally going to do it. They did the same thing with Michael Delzato. Remember him? Oh, who? That guy. That guy? <laughs> No, I know. He's great, and then they played him on the right side, and he was awful. Huh. Well, he yeah, hasn't really so. been lighting the world on fire in Philly either, though. No. I remember a Philly fan before Ghost Bear, he was like, I think he's our best defenseman. I was like, that can't be true. That's not. Well. Touch. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, all of our defensive prospects are amazing. I was like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, well, we're like, yeah, prospects. What's that? Tell me more about those. Um, the second guy they took, the uh, the Finnish kid, uh, was ranked by a lot of people as uh, the second best Finnish defenseman in the entire draft. Okay, and what's it? Who's his name? What's his What's his deal? Tarmo, I think, is how you pronounce his name. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's got a lot of R's and a lot of E. Welcome to Blue e. Shirts Breakaway. We can't pronounce anything. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Um, <laughs> but you know, it it's uh, and that's a classic. Gordy Clark has a team of expert European prospects and or european scouts rather and they see all these prospects and nobody else does uh and he's hurt which is why he fell to where he did he's missed like five months so he, he'll he be delayed but i'm always took... down to take hurt guys that have high potential me too uh it's a good idea especially if you're a team like the rangers and you don't have a lot of high potential guys anyway right uh, but he's again i think he's like five eleven, six feet so you know smaller for a defenseman but mobile two-way guy and the guy who was taken seventh overall by the Canucks, I think, Ali Yolovin, is mm-hmm. he pronounced, maybe? Uh, this kid that we took has this same amount of points as he did. Oh, okay. I mean, stats, stats are, are, are whatever at that point, right? 
Yeah, but when you're on the Finnish under-18 team and you're playing against all of the best under-18 players in the world... Oh, and you're... Yeah, that does make sense. That does that does give you some validation, right? It's not the same as just, like, a, a weird junior league, like the OHL or something like that, where you're like, well, a lot of guys can put up 60 goals in the OHL, but if you're on a Finnish defensive pairing and you're playing against kids like Jack Eichel, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll um, take it. So, do... Just, just give me an overview of this draft before we talk about Wall, because it's a great name. Um, oh, so good. Incredible name. Uh, so we pretty much just drafted goalies and defensemen, trying to find diamonds in the rough here? Uh, we grabbed a couple of forwards as well. We grabbed a guy called Tim Gettinger. Okay. Uh, and he is a big guy. He's six foot five, And he is the prototypical bottom six forward. He okay. Check people. Penalty kill. This was them going, we need another Brian Boyle, we think. I mean, we should, we should we should get a guy because our PK sucks. I'm not and saying this, I miss Brian Boyle, but I'm definitely saying that. Yeah, no, it's it's not a, the worst thing to have a third or fourth liner who's six foot six and can just hit everything that moves. Which I also you know, don't mind grabbing depth because the Rangers, you know, I don't know how they'll eventually get out of the get out of salary cap hell, but this is a team that's not going to be afraid to sign someone in the future. Yeah, it's better to develop your own third and fourth liners than to overpay for them in free agency. Couldn't agree more. And we've done a pretty good job of. Uh, of grabbing veterans that'll come in and play for us for one year. You know, uh, Stahlberg, uh, Stahlberg and uh, Stepniak. Stepniak. Yeah, that, that, we kind of we kind of screwed that one up. But yeah, I think so. Uh, but when you look at some of the bottom six guys, they don't necessarily develop, but they've traded for you know guys like Jesper Faust, Oscar Lindbergh, uh, Carl Hagelin at one point. Clearly, we should just draft Swedes. Um, right. That that that's good. I mean, Faustin, uh, Lind, Faustin, uh Haglin, rather, were both six-round picks. And if you the the rule of thumb generally for prospects is if you get somebody past the second round and they play 200 NHL games, you won. Yeah, you won on that pick. I would say that's true. Because um, yeah, like a, I think a third-round pick and after you've got like a 19% chance of them even making the NHL. I was about to say so many guys just don't make it anywhere. They just stay in the lower leagues and never go anywhere. But that's that's you know, the way know, it is in every sport: baseball, college. Yeah, I mean there are guys who are all stars in AAA who just can't hit a baseball to save their lives when they get to the pros. Right. Well, Kreider's almost that way, too. He's an absolute all-star fiend in the AHL. comes up here, and he really still hasn't grown into his game. I don't know. He hasn't grown into what we want him to be, but Kreider's still really good. I I own his jersey. I know he's still really good. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Kreider is that he should be more like Rick Nash. And I know people are going to be like, but Rick Nash is terrible. Kreider doesn't drive the net enough for a guy who's so big. And I know that people are like, oh, he crashes in every goalie. Yeah, it's because he can only skate in a straight line. Like yep. I don't know if you've seen Kreider try and move left or right. It's not pretty. It's not. It's not the best. He he's Kreider breakaway like a guy speed is the best, but everything yeah, else is not so great. Yeah, he can break away, but if he's not dead angle flush with the net, he's probably gonna slam himself into the boards. Yeah. And Rick Nash will drive the net, but he also knows when to stop his giant six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound frame. Right. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Rick Nash run into a goalie. I've seen him, you know, miss the goalie a couple of times. I've seen but... him miss a lot of things in my life. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's 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 true. Um, <laughs> Let's quickly talk about Wall, and then we'll go back to Nash. Yeah, uh, uh, Wall is, I assume, Ben Waller sitting there and going, "I would like to pick a goalie, please." <laughs> like one goalie, please. And they're like, "Okay, Benny, you you pick whoever you want." Uh, he he's gonna play for the uh, University of Massachusetts Lowell next year, and this is notable because Rangers prospect Adam Huska will be playing for the University of Connecticut. Oh. And they play in the same division, college hockey. So they oh, will be playing against each other. That's fun. And they are a short 90-minute train ride either direction from Ben Waller's office. 
So he oh. has two high potential goalie prospects 90 minutes away from his office that he will be visiting a bunch. And, uh, and is he renowned? Like, I know he's a very good goalie coach, but obviously my NHL expertise outside the Rangers isn't uh, phenomenal, I would say. Is he, like, the renowned, like, goalie coach in the league, or is he one of the top five guys? I'm not as sure. Him and his brother. Uh, his brother was the goalie coach for the Ducks for, like, 15 years. Oh, okay. Uh, so any good goalie that went through the Ducks system, his brother developed. Huh. Uh, ben Waller is one of the best. The Yaler brothers in general are two of the best goalie coaches in the NHL. Uh, and they're really sense. good at raw talent and turning it into anything. Talbot? Uh, yeah, I mean, Talbot, again, was like a college free agent. Nobody thought that he would be anything. Uh, and to get, a, again, a college free agent to become an NHL backup, and now he's a starting goalie, that's amazing. Like, that just doesn't happen. Right. Like, how often and, does that happen? Like, almost never. Maybe one or two guys ever. And, and goalies are kind of... Uh, the hardest position to draft and develop. So people were like, oh, they took a goalie. Why? Well, well that's why we draft so many. Fall way later in the rounds because they're unpredictable. And two, you need goalie depth because if you don't have goalie depth, you're screwed. And if anyone and, makes it, you could trade that goalie for, you know, a, a pretty good haul, especially if they are. Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll get, you'll at least recoup at least more of your asset. I mean, I don't know if you know what Nashville did at the draft this year. They basically took the best defenseman they could. No, and Nashville's I... like, we suck at developing everything else. Let's just keep buying defensemen on our drafts. So, like, if we hoard all the defensemen, people will eventually need to trade with us for them. And hmm. that's how they got Ryan Johansson. That's pretty Columbus good. called them up and they're like, Seth Jones. <laughs> and if we get Seth Jones, we would give him $7 million in a no movement clause. But Nashville has so many good defensemen, they're like, whatever. Give us Ryan Johansson. Yeah, we'll take that guy. Thanks. And it's like every other team in the league kill for a Seth Jones. Nashville's got a pile of high-level defensive prospects. It's never a uh, bad thing to have a surplus of, of, of talent at any position. No, it's not. And, and you see that in every sport, too. I'm, I'm you know, you see in baseball as well. Say, like the if, Mets... you, if, you hold, if you hold pitchers, people come to you and try and get those pitchers. Right. The Mets have that luxury right now. And I'm sure that Greg's going to have an a- atomic breakdown about the Mets on this podcast. I think Mats is hurt. Yeah. Something I was reading before started and i was just like <laughs> of course it's, of course it's kind of been like it's kind of been that month for the mets it's kind of been that last 30 years yeah okay mets. that's it's, fair too be honest like they've not they've not done anything fun my whole life i've seen them lose in two world series i mean it's i saw the rays lose in the uh alcs once that was nice yeah i should stop complaining at least they made it to the world i, I series. guess i did see them lose in the world series too so that um, was fun before they took Wall, they took a guy called Gabriel Fontaine, who's another like potential bottom six forward, uh, and he's a center. Okay, so, so there's a there's a good chance none of these guys work out um, at all. But if, if any of them hit whatsoever, we're in we're pretty much in the money. They also, with their last pick, took a guy named Ty Ronning, who, despite being the seventh round pick, is the one I'm most excited about. Um, he's small. Okay. Which is why he was a seventh round. Which is why you're excited about him. <laughs> okay, that too. But I've just seen him play in juniors, and he's like a, his father was a, a NHL player, Cliff Ronning. He played for the Vancouver Canucks, notably in the '94 Cup Final against the Rangers. Um, the kid is really, really versatile, and he just doesn't quit. And when I watched him play for the Vancouver Giants, it was an atrocious team. They were real bad. And every time he got high running on the ice, he was like, "We're down six nothing. Cool." I'm going to hit everything that moves. I'm going to poke the puck away from everything. I'm going to shoot the puck as much as I can. And I like guys with that motors. A, a lot of Mar- Marty St. Louis. He hmm. plays in the power play. He's got a really heavy right-handed shot for a guy so small, like really heavy. And I'm like, 
that's a real diamond in the rough pick because he's so small, you know, maybe he won't make it at the NHL level, but you know, that's a gamble you should take. And, and he's another guy with a lot of upside for, for where he fell. And we need to uh, gamble every year for the next five years. We need to get every high upside pick. We need to go for, we can't pick anything safe unless you want to tank and the Rangers won't tank. They won't do it. They're just on the market to do it. They'll they'll, uh, they'll do the mid, the middle of the road rebuild where they just like try and sneak into the playoffs and get hot, but they'll they'll be like the wild card every year from now on. I need them to miss for like two years. And I, I semi agree with you, uh, and I think this year would be the start of when I need them to miss. But we only have we don't we don't have a second round pick next year, right? No, but if they trade their first rounder in next year's draft, I will drive to their office and scream at them because yeah. the draft is so good next year. It's so good. There are so many high-level players in next year's draft. Like, they need to trade for, like, seven first-rounders next year. Like, if they were, like, we're selling the farm and drive, uh, trading into next year's draft to get a bunch of players, I'd be totally cool with it. Yeah, you'd be like, you, you'd be like this is the time to do that. This is the yeah, year. Yeah, like, like, oh, they didn't trade in for, to the first round this weekend. Why? And I was like, this draft isn't as deep as you want it to be. Past the first five, eh. There's a lot of good players, but like high-level impact players, there's probably like 11 in next year's draft. Wow. And like, you know, different positions. Some are defensemen, some are forwards, some are goalies, but right. I want two of them. I'd like seven of them if possible, but get me one is my hope with the Rangers if they don't trade their pick. But I don't think they'll trade their pick. I think for some reason, I think their philosophy has gone to be um, we have to stay competitive for Hank, but at the same time, we know we're not that same team we were these last four years. Yeah, and our problem is that free agency hasn't started yet, so we don't know what's going on. But if you didn't notice, I don't know if you watched all of the draft like a nerd like me. Did not. Nobody moved any of the assets that they wanted to move. The biggest trades were Andrew Shaw to the Montreal Canadiens and Lars Eller to the Capitals for two second-round picks each. That's nothing. That's nothing. Kevin Shattenkirk didn't get moved. Cam Fowler didn't get moved. Brian Elliott went to the Calgary Flames for like a third-round pick. And it's because everybody's sitting there going, well, we don't want to miss out on Stamkos, right? So we're just all going to sit on our hands. You still, you still on the Stamkos is definitely not going to Toronto tra- uh, train. I think he might go to Detroit. I think they might throw a pile of money on him. That might be true. Ten- they traded back to the cap hit. Do you think they're going to the give him like ten million? I think they might give him like eleven or twelve. Oh boy! Clause. Wow. I think Detroit will. Apparently, Buffalo's rumored to be offering him twelve million. Buffalo's going to give him $12 million? <laughs> That was the rumor, that they're interested in giving him $12 million, and I'm like, oh, the next lockout's going to come so quickly. I guess, it's going to be so fast. I guess you would have to give me $12 million to go to Buffalo. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, they're going to be a good team, but I'm like, oh, man. Uh, whoever pays more than, like, $9 million for Stamkos is going to regret it, and I really hope it's not us. Uh, and people are making the argument that we should trade Derek Stepan, by the way, and I'm going to argue with this now. At 5-on-5, five five, Derek Stepan is better than Steven Stamkos. Wow. Wow. Stamkos is directly inflated by the fact that he's an elite-level power play player. And yeah, our power play sucks, but would you rather have less 5-on-5 five five scoring chances from a guy who's going to make $10 million or a two-way center for $6.5 million in Stepan? I'm taking Stepan. You know I my like answer. Stepan. Yeah, I want. I like the value. And uh, Stepan's atrocious on the power play. Like, he's real bad. We know this. We've seen Stepan on the power play for years, and we're just like, what are you doing? You're really not good at this. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, like not, we're not. The, as a team, we're like not good at the power play. Vetchkin and just lose the puck. And I'm like, no, stop that. Bad Stepan. Uh, but he's, you know, he's good at five on five. And I don't want Stamkos. I really don't. And apparently there are rumors that the Rangers want Stamkos. They're going to make a big offer. And I'm like, you guys do this to me. 
I don't know why. Every couple years. And I get that Stamkos is the best free agent probably in the last 20 years. You know, at at his age. I don't want him. I I really don't want him. And it's just hard because I know that they're going to... How would we even, like, sign him in cap hell like we are? Great Nash trade step on. Yeah, I know. But I know know Nash is gone. Nash, I just have a, a, a very strong feeling that he's not on this team anymore. I, if if we're gonna talk about trades, I think they should call up Nashville and ask them if they want Derek Broussard. I think that's true too. Broussard probably played above his head last year. Yeah, and you should sell really high on him, and he's on a really good contract. I don't know what Broussard makes like I think it's four five something. Maybe it's five. five? I think it's five. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. It's not a lot. Um, and Nashville has a not the best forward depth, and you maybe pry a defenseman away from them. Uh, the problem with Nash is that he. he I think he had a bad year last year. I could totally see him getting traded to a team and scoring 30 goals next year. Oh, and wherever he goes, he's going to be phenomenal. Just get ready, Ranger fans. Like, oh, when... yeah, no. Get ready. Uh, pray. Pray that he goes to the Western Conference and we see him one time a year and he only scores a hat-trick against us. Every time we played the Devils last year, I was like, cool, how many goals is Lee Stemniak going to score? Oh, yeah, he scored like three against us, like every single time we played. I was like, great, how many goals is Lee Stemniak going to score? And he scored like two in a game while we were winning. I was like, Lee Stempiak's going to win this for the Bruins on anger alone. It was it was incredible. Uh, it really was. Um, but yeah, whenever Rick Nash goes, he handed in his 12 teams today. None of them are from Canada. Yeah, did you see how angry Canadian fans? They were like, we don't want him anyway. I was oh. like, he doesn't want your tax ticket anyway. He makes like all of the money in history. Right. Yeah, I get that. Like if he went to Toronto, I think his $7.8 million becomes like six point two. That makes sense why he wouldn't want to go. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, Rick Nash is 32. I don't know how many years he's got left. He wants every dollar he can get. Yeah, and I don't he, blame him. He's an elite hockey player. He should get paid. It's cool. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. And I, I think I think we'll find a, somehow a way to get him off the books this year. I just I just feel like he's gone. I don't know. I've resigned myself to that idea this whole year. Whoever's in on Stamkos, if they don't get him, Jeff Gordon can call them up and go, Hey, so you didn't get this guy. Nash. Yeah, take Nash. Rick Nash only got two years left on his contract. We could take Rick Nash. Yeah. And some team would be like, ah, fuck it. Let's take Rick Nash. Yeah, here's some. Uh, def- here's a defenseman, and maybe we'll, we'll take some salary. The Rangers will eat salary, and that'll be it. And, and give us a first round or two, please. Yeah, That'd please. Cool. That would be great. Give us the Kessel special. We'll retain a million dollars. You give us a mid-level prospect and a first round pick. I would love that. And then you win the Stanley Cup. That's how it happened last time. That's so, yeah, Listen, we're just giving you the Stanley Cup. You just give yeah. us a first rounder. Uh, it's like that famous story when they when they made the conditional trade for St. Louis that if the Rangers made the cup final, Tampa got another first, and they were like, well, yeah, that'll happen, and they were like, fuck. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Marty St. Louis was like, we're going to the cup final. And I was like, oh, I hope we win because we won't have any first-rounders if we don't. Yeah. Well, we didn't. They do conditional trades like that all the time. Like, the Leafs got a third-round pick for Roman Polak because they made it to the cup final. And they, they throw those conditions in there all the time, and it's always hilarious because sometimes they work out. Side note, uh, conditional trade that has nothing to do with hockey, Then I'm going to make this so quick. I play fantasy football. Surprise. Last year, Greg and I made a trade where uh, in our dynasty league, it's very long running, that if, if Jordan, he traded me Jordan Reed, and if Jordan Reed was the number one tight end, I'd have to give him the number one overall pick to this year's draft. He was three points away and didn't play two games last year. So Greg just berated me for the entire year. It was the scariest moment of my life. Uh, I, I play in a, a dynasty hockey league. Okay. And uh, I won Austin Matthews. Oh, that's a nice. That's a little beautiful gift for you. Yeah. And I'm like, 
really good, really happy, because I can just trade a whole bunch of guys now because I have Austin Matthews. Right. Now you have this guy for the next uh, – is it salary too, or is it just like you have him forever? Oh, no, there's a salary cap. Okay. And you're limited to the amount. i got to trade a whole bunch of guys now. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good. I really, guys got to go. <laughs> guys got to go, yeah. All right, speaking of uh, trades, kinda, since we're here, well, you want to talk uh, a little bit about Holden? Yeah, I'll talk about Holden. Uh, if you're talking to Avalanche fans, he's they're so happy to get rid of him. He's the worst thing ever. He played on, like, the first pairing in Colorado for a lot of games. And then he played in the second pairing for a lot of games. Holden is not a top-four defenseman. but That's that's the book. He's a 6-7 defenseman, and he's a pretty decent one. He can play both sides. He can play the penalty kill. He scored 22 points last year. Um, he's a decent pickup, and everybody going, oh, we're giving away picks. It's a fourth-rounder. Yeah. It's pretty much, if you get a James Holden with your fourth-rounder, you did good. Like, it's... And, uh, and Holden I didn't has, hate that trade at all. Yeah, he has two years left on his contract, and he could notably be exposed in that fancy expansion draft next summer. Yep. Uh, and and how often do you think that uh, AV is going to play him over McElrath? Uh, probably play him over Shea a couple of times, too. That'll be very annoying. Yeah, he's on both sides. Great veteran presence. It'll be great. Uh, he's like Dan Boyle, again, except he's 40. <laughs> Dan Not Boyle, 40. again! Yeah. Uh, he doesn't make $4.5 million, though. He wait, is he really 40? No, he's not. No, Dan Boyle's 40. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, wait, how old is Chris Holden? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, actually. Chris Holden. Uh, yeah, he's he's, he's decent. Um, I don't hate it. And if the rumors are that they picked him up because they're thinking of getting rid of uh, Mark Stahl, I'll, he'll become my favorite defenseman next year if that's the case. Very quickly. I don't think they could trade Girardi. I think they could still trade Stahl. Yeah, somebody will trade for Stahl. Um especially with like the asking price for defensemen right now is insane. Like I've heard rumors that the blues wanted two prospects and two first round picks for Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh, two first round picks. I'm like, I know you got to start high St. Louis, but it's a year of Kevin Shattenkirk. He's, he's not locked up. What are you smoking? And like everybody wanted Kevin Shattenkirk at the draft was like, there's no way we're trading for him. And the asking price is absurd. Two first rounds is nuts. You're never getting that. And I'm like, I know right-handed defensemen are worth a lot. I know Kevin Shattenkirk's like top 10 right-handed defensemen in the league, but oh boy. like. And again, I hope everybody who's an NHL fan is ready. The lockout's coming. It's like maybe two or three years away. You think so? And why do you think that by, by chance? Uh, we're, everybody's going to get these bloated contracts. Something bad will happen to the salary cap, and there'll be another lockout. Right. Cause this uh, is the... And the CBA expires in like 2020 anyway. So It's not going to be a good time. So there, there'll, there'll be a, re, a redo to year when there'll be no hockey for pretty much a year. Yeah. That, uh, I, don't worry. When that happens, I can give you tips and tricks how to watch every other European and North American hockey league Perfect. like I did during the last lockout. <laughs> you yeah. can watch Rick Nash and Joe Thornton play together in Sweden, or Switzerland, rather, during the lockout. That sounds yeah. fun, actually. Yeah, You, uh, you can watch uh, Evgeny Malkin and Ovechkin play on the same line in Russia. There's lots of hockey to be had when there's a lockout. Okay. Okay. Uh, but especially if a guy like Stamkos gets $12 million, like if they didn't use the escalator, the cap would have gone down this year. Yeah, uh, no, I know. This is the first, that was, they were really worried about that. And that, that has a direct correlation to the teams that were in the finals, right? Yeah. Uh, the Canadian, uh, if I, you might not like the Canadian teams. You need to root for them to make the playoffs because it helps them with the TV money. Yeah. Well, it's for not sure. Canada's, and that's part of the reason they wanted Vegas is they just got half a billion dollars for letting them have the team. And that gets split with every team. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, weird it's, to me that they're only adding one team and not two. Uh, yeah. Montreal isn't ready. Or not Montreal. Quebec yeah. City isn't ready. Uh, and Seattle didn't want to pay the fee. 
and they also don't have an arena. They wanted a team without an arena. Poor Seattle, man. I know they have the Seahawks, but man. They're... Yeah, they're, they're kind of using the NHL team to try and get the Supersonics back. I don't blame and them, to be honest. The I, NBA is kind of not having any of that. No, the NBA, I don't think they want to expand. I think they're the, the one the one uh, sports brand right now that does not want to expand just yet. Their salary cap, like $148 million. I yes, think the sir. NBA... It just went up to an absurd amount, and their offseason is going to be the nuts. And I'm just like, I can't even imagine. What would hockey teams look like if the salary cap was as big as it is in the NBA? Oh, I don't know if they would look like, but I know everyone would get paid a lot more. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, Toronto, New York, uh, Montreal, Boston, Detroit, Chicago, those would be the only teams that win the Cup. It'd be like the original Six Era all over again. Pretty much. I mean, this year, the NBA, like certain players are going to get max contracts who wouldn't get a half max contract this year. I don't even understand how that works in the NBA. Like, it just, it's nuts to me that like a bench warmer can get $10 million sometimes. Oh, just yeah, like, big I, time. It's... That's a Johnny Tate. That's a Patty Kane. Like you're, that's the best level players in the NHL get that much. That's money. because hockey, and we, everyone that's listening to this knows this. Hockey is a niche sport, and yeah, uh, it, and our TV deal sucks. It's our TV deal really sucks. It's really garbage, and you know ESPN got rid of us for a reason. <laughs> well, they a, got rid of. They were mad they didn't get the exclusive rights. Very true, but uh, but they're showing the World Cup of Hockey though, so maybe. But people Maybe tune in to, to, you know, uh, locally baseball. Everyone tunes into local baseball. Uh, nationally, everyone turns into the NBA playoffs and NHL games. And, and hockey really doesn't get, like, that casual fan. No, and, 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 I mean, even San Jose was in the cup final this year, and that should have been amazing. The Golden State Warriors were also in the NBA final, so nobody gave a shit about the Sharks. Yeah, no one we, cared at all. Like, Sharks lost. Look, and people, a diehards were obviously sad. I'd be miserable, too. But everyone cared more, way more about the Warriors if you're if you're from that area. Uh, so, you know, that's that's not good. I do think there'll be another lockout before before we know it. Uh, I think it's just it's just going to happen hmm. uh, and it's not going to be fun. Um, but if you're worried that they haven't traded anybody yet, it's not time. I'm not worried yet. And if after the first week of free agency, our team still has Stalin Girardi on it, hit the panic button. You're, you're free to do so. It's a good time to panic. Yeah, I I. I... I don't think they're going to trade Girardi. I don't think they're going to be able to. That's my. That's um, my also, uh, if you uh, when Vegas happens next year during the expansion draft, we should talk about the expansion draft. Um, there will be a buyout window before the expansion draft. Uh, the NHL has already announced it. The deputy commissioner. Daily right. Eisenhower. But isn't the buyout window you can't buy out the certain people of, of people with no movement clauses? Well, you can buy out anybody with a no movement clause at any time. Okay even during that buyout window. So they can buy out Girardi next summer and his cap hit stays for six years as opposed to eight. They buy him out today, it's eight eight years on the books. Okay. So next I, year it's six. Yeah, that's why there's there's no way they're going to buy him out this year. It's 0% chance. No, eight years on the cap is too long for a team like the Rangers. It's way, just too long. Way too long. And uh, if they can't do anything, like they'll have to do it next summer. They'll have to. There's also uh, teams will be open to trade with the Vegas team before expansion starts. Oh. And this is notable because you can call up the Vegas GM and say, I will give you a fifth and a prospect and you're not taking Lindbergh from me or you're not taking Foss or you're not taking any guy that I want to keep. And this happened last time I had an expansion draft and it's kind of shady, but I'm kind of cool with it if you can get away with it. I'm super cool with it if it, if it somehow benefits both teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the teams need prospects as well. They need people to fill their farm team. Like, they're just not going to have enough players when they start. And 
you can kind of take advantage of that. Uh, I'm sure every NHL team will uh, because that's open for them to do. But that benefits us especially because. And you I think mean, you think Quebec is a few years away still? Do I uh, Quebec? Uh, yeah, I don't think Quebec's getting a team anytime soon. Okay. Uh, they came out and said the Canadian dollar is so bad that it just isn't worth it for them. Yeah, um, it's just not the right time for investment. No, and I can see a team getting moved to Quebec. Hmm. Uh, you know, people are talking about the Hurricanes maybe getting moved. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. There's, some, there's definitely some teams that just don't make sense in the United States at all. Yeah, but I don't know if they'd let a team that won the Cup in the modern era move. All right, that makes sense too. But what <laughs> about like Arizona? Yeah, Arizona maybe. Um, you know, I, I could see Arizona getting moved more to Seattle or or Portland before they'd move it to Quebec. For a long time, I thought the Panthers were going to get moved, but they got a big to... tax break, so they're there for at least six more years. I was about to say the Panthers and and the Lightning too. The, light, uh, the, the, the Lightning have a really strong. I was about to say I was about to say less so, way less so the Lightning, but definitely the Panthers. The Lightning would never get moved. Okay. Uh, they're not getting moved. They're like the one Tampa team that's not shit in terms of attendance and, and rating. <laughs> I, know. I, I know you're a Rays fan. Like, <laughs> you, should be, you, should, you should know this. I, I, really mean, want the, I really want the Rays to move to Montreal in like a, the worst way. I um, don't know. I mean, is that even possible? I'm still pulling. It's, it's, it's not yeah. because um, they will not let the, the Rays leave. They'd rather move their stadium and, and get them out of there. Uh, build a stadium doesn't look like a garage like it's yeah like it's awful it's It's not even just like how how shitty the stadium is that's not even the problem it's it's one road to get to this place through rush hour and it's like on an island pretty much it was a poorly designed city if we want if we want to get into that (laughs) we're getting to infrastructure on this podcast yeah it's bad yeah they they need some new stuff pretty Um, tough but yeah you know uh they did all right in the draft so I give them like a B minus, and I'm okay with who they took. And okay. they're not the sexiest picks across the board, but a lot of them have a lot of potential. So, and that's good. And you know, uh, I'm a little disappointed they didn't get a first or second round pick. But I don't I even mean, know how they would have gotten that though. Like, how how does this team end up with one? There were rumors that they were on the phone with the Minnesota Wild, and I'm really scared that they make the trade for the wrong guy. Uh, and that's. That's really my fear. Like, if they call up Minnesota and they get uh, Broden instead of Dumba, I'm going to be pissed. Because Broden is Mark Stahl 2.0. Okay. He's not good. He's going to deteriorate by the time he's, like, 27. Uh, wow. If you call up the Ducks and you get Cam Fowler, I'm not going to be happy. Already makes $4 million. And he's going to get more. And Cam Fowler's not that good. It's better than a lot of the guys on this team, but if you're judging defensemen in the NHL based on how the Rangers look, you know, it's like it's not it's <laughs> yeah. like judging, you know, a baseball team based on how talented the Braves are like. Yeah, most things comparatively will look a lot better. Yeah, most it most baseball teams look better than the Braves. Yeah. And I can't I mean, I'm a Mets fan, so I shouldn't really be talking. But yeah, uh, I mean, the Braves did bring it to you. I'm just saying I, I don't under I was like, which team is more of a, an LOL team, the Braves uh, or the Mets? Let's find out over a three game. <laughs> it's like it's basically tied. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. It's, they are both confusing, strange jokes. The Mets, the Mets will get it together, and they'll be in the playoffs. They'll get there. I don't believe it. Don't okay, believe they'll get there. No, they won't. They'll fail. Oh, the, well, my Rays lost eleven in a row, so times are tough. Uh, What's that like? <laughs> it was pretty bad. Pretty bad, in general. Um, I'm waiting for hockey, yeah, as you can tell. Games, eh? At least I have the Giants. They've won some things. Yeah, they have. But, but... I, I don't even like football that much. I'm just like I begrudgingly like you because you're the New York team and you you're pretty good. Yes, I mean. Uh, yeah. 
I'm not. I, I we've talked about this too. I think uh, on this podcast, football used to be a, a very much my favorite sport, and it quickly grew out of that uh, over the years with all the concussion and. Yeah, I have a problem with that as well. Yeah, it's, um, they treat me like I'm an idiot. So. Yeah, and and people are like, well, they know what they're getting into. I was like, you could knock me into next week for seven million dollars a year too. Doesn't mean it should be allowed. I agree. This is uh, a, this is a conversation for another time. Yeah, we're getting off topic. Um, what well, else would you like to talk about? I think that's covered everything that we're, we're yeah. going to go through. Right. Uh, uh, pretty good you, then. Did you watch Game of Thrones? I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, James. I've never seen it. I read the first book. I didn't really like the first book, okay. and I kind of didn't see reading them. I've never seen the show. Okay. Uh, I, I, but, I'm not judging you, but I, I respectfully say one day you should check it out. I'm more of a movie guy than a TV show guy. Game of Thrones is a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not really my thing. Okay. Although, to be fair, I've never seen Breaking Bad. Wow. I've never, seen, I, I've never seen Mad Men. I've never seen, I don't know, name a show that's really popular. Okay, I will say this. If you watch anything, I, I'd rather you watch Breaking Bad than Game of Thrones. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably never going to watch it. That's, <laughs> it's just, that's fair. That's fair. It's, just, um, it's I, worth your time. Uh, I don't know. It's just such a commitment. I'm like, I don't have like 70 hours to commit to a thing. Yeah, I only have 70 hours to commit to this draft. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, I am saying I won't watch a TV show, but I have. I, I did watch. I will watch this year 18 different hockey leagues just to watch kids play hockey. So. And that's why you're on this podcast, James. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's wrapped that up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, thank you for having me back on again. Of course. We'll uh, have you on again later in the. Uh, we'll probably have you on again in two or three weeks here with, with free agency yeah. coming up. Back on after free agency, and we can talk about how they either miraculously pull the rabbit out of their hat and the team doesn't suck anymore, or, oh, dear God, we're going to win the first overall next year because we're going to be awful. Yeah, which, I, uh, would I mind that? I'm not sure. Oh, Nolan Patrick would be excellent. Please, Tank Rangers, I would love a generational, not generational, an elite-level first-line center. Please, we could use one of those. That'd, That'd be, be great. That would be nice. Um, uh, all right, hopefully I'm next scared, time. Though. Yeah, that no, would... I'm scared that they make trades that aren't good. It'll um, yeah, they seem like they might get bamboozled out of some things, but we'll find out in the next two weeks. Um, now, hopefully next time that you're on, we'll have Greg on with us for the first time ever. Yeah. It'll be a three-man podcast. Talk to Greg. Uh, yeah. we, can, we can have a nice conversation about the Mohegan Sun shenanigans. Yes, uh, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, when I do get in touch with him. He did just text me, I'm alive, so that's oh, nice. he's alive. He, he made it out of Mohegan Sun. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Um, but I'm going to go make some dinner and then call him back, and then we'll talk about Game of Thrones, and you can stop uh, listening to the podcast at that point. <laughs> Oh, I could just listen to it and have it spoiled for me. Oh, you could do that too. You're never going to watch it. I don't care enough to listen to the Game of Thrones. Every time you get to that in the week, I'm like, all right, well, this is where I sign off. Yeah, that's what we always say. Like, you know, we know. We know. We know what the thing is. So that's kind uh, I, did, of... I did go see the other guys, though. Not the other guys. The nice guys. Oh, you did? How'd you like it? I did. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Goss. Big the guy fan of the Goss. Rye Guy <laughs> is my dude. Do you watch Drive? Uh, yeah, I've watched everything. Drive, I love Drive. I, I love Larson the Real God. Girl. I love if it If I was going to marry a man, Gosling. Oh, I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in. It's like Hank and Ryan Gosling. Hank and Ryan Gosling. That'd, that'd be a good good pairing. Yes, yeah, that's a good deep pairing for me. <laughs> Canadian. Maybe it's hockey. We should call him up. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can get Ryan Gosling as our first real celebrity guest. That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Or, I don't um, know. Maybe, maybe, you can, uh, maybe you can get the Blue Apron people on or, or find the PR people for Brady Shea again and try and get him on. Oh, man. Uh, this, year, this year, we're legitimately going to try and get one beat writer on. That's our goal. Uh, good luck with that. Thank you. It'll be. That's not gonna be easy. <laughs> no, I I don't think will anything will happen. Uh, but I, I'm gonna try really hard to make this podcast a better place this year. I don't know. Pat Leonard emailed me once, and his answer was no. 
And I was like, I just want to interview you for my school paper. And he was like, no. No. Okay. And I was like, okay, Pat Leonard. Okay, nice. (laughs) Well, I'll be very pleasant with everyone. I'm sure everyone will love me. Um, (laughs) All right. But uh, our Game of Thrones talk is coming up next, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you still... uh... If you still want to listen to us spoil Game of Thrones and talk about episode 10 and all the things that happened, keep listening. But if not, we'll see you next week. James, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on again. Talk to you soon. Yep. Welcome back to the full spoiler version of Game of Thrones Boucher's Breakaway Hot Takes with Greg and I. Uh, if, mm. you, if you've listened to this wonderful interview with James Clark I just had, thank you so much for staying for all the Ranger news and all the Mets talk we had earlier, all like two seconds of it. But now we're going to talk full spoilers on the one of the best moments of TV in, in the last couple of years. Uh, so if you guys don't like Game of Thrones or if you are haven't watched somehow yet, like what's wrong with you? Uh, we'll see you later and we'll see you next week. But for right now, Game of Thrones time. Greg, this episode be, was nuts. To be fair, to be fair us, us talking about this episode must might just be the two of us saying dude in dude. different inflections dude. for the next 15 minutes. Dude. 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 Uh, all right, I want to start from the top on this one. I did not... I, all right, so most of the ending episodes for Game of Thrones are good, right? They just tie these little loose knots together. But this was a yeah. this was a goddamn masterpiece. Um, the piano, when Cersei is, like, planning the entire thing and you see the plan just, like, playing out and everyone realizing what's happening is just so unsettling and was so perfect and set the most amazing tone for the, I, I couldn't believe they started with the Mad Queen. And by the way, I didn't know that was a real theory. I know I said this on the podcast like two weeks ago that Cersei would blow up the entire city. But it was just so obvious from the way they were setting up the, the season. Yeah, this is... Uh, so the last two episodes, predictable things have happened. But I but, didn't care. Well, it's like the execution of them is uh, just flawless and made you want to see... like. It's almost like they told us the ending to the story, but not how we're going to get there. Right. And the journey there was so well done. Um, the comparison used on After the Throne that I thought was really good by Andy Greenwald and uh, Chris Ryan, I got Chris you. Ryan was um, Battle of the Bastards was Braveheart. Yep. And the Winds of Winter was The Godfather. It, it was it was something else. Um I couldn't actually believe. I know this. This is actually pretty funny. We had a, a last week. We talked about the hottest women on Game of Thrones or now, or their attractive list level, and I named Marjorie as my number one. But boy, is she hot fire! <laughs> Sorry, I said that. <laughs> that was pretty bad. But uh, I, I was actually pretty shocked they ended up killing her and and pretty much everyone else in that scene. Um, and even oh, t- I am I'm not shocked by any deaths in Game by of Thrones a, by anything. Mar- Marjorie just no, felt like she, I, had, she had some gas left in her. I thought she was legitimately going to escape. Well, well, well she did. That's why she was. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, no, but, dude, they killed Ned Stark in season one. Like, if you can kill what was viewed to be the main character of season one, anything is fair game. They even killed John at one point. It's true. John's back now, by the way. Um, he's, he's, alive. he's alive and having a good time. But Spoiler. Okay, so what did you think about... Uh, the whole Cersei thing. Did you do you enjoy like the Mad Queen twist? How she's just like this Disney super villain now. Um, I have a question about it. Shoot. So the the prophecy that we were introduced as uh, TV viewers right. in the season premiere of episode season five. Yes, that's correct. Um, the only time they've ever the done prophecy, that. In the prophecy, in the prophecy, did they mention? 
how Cersei would die? Was that ever mentioned, so, or if she would die? I will say, wasn't is 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 it was it mentioned that uh, her lover, at like in air quotes, would be her downfall? No, it was not. And and I will tell you this: so that was not it. Everything in this prophecy so far has been uh, fulfilled. All of her children, right? All of her children that I know. died. Um, there is one part that was left out of the show that is in the book. But it is not that her lover, and uh, I will not spoil it for, for show watchers. Okay. There's one part that's left okay. out that uh, is, is very vague anyway. It's, it's something in Valyrian, another, another language. But it's been deciphered by right. internet nerds, so I will not say it. Got it. Okay. Wanted to check. Because so far that prophecy has been just... Uh, Spot on. Coming on point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tommen going out like a fucking G, by the way. I... Literally... Literally new phone who did the entire Red Deep. <laughs> uh, my favorite joke on uh, on Reddit today was, that's why they call it King's Landing. Hey! That, that's a good one, man. It's <laughs> a really good that one. That is a good one. Yeah, that's a, um, I really enjoyed that. I think it's painfully clear, right, that Cersei is not just up shit's creeps without a paddle, but fucked sideways. She has zero friends. Absolutely no allies. Zero friends. The Lannisters are broke as shit. Um... The her last friend were probably the phrase, and he's out. You know, he got filleted. Oh, um, the the Cartman move by Arya in this in this episode was phenomenal because I didn't know that she still had the ability to actually change faces. It never really. I don't know where she got that face from, or if she stole it from those people. I, I'm sure they discussed this somewhere else. But when when Walter Frey was getting served, I had no idea. Like that's the one thing I did not expect for Arya to come out of there and just make him eat his kids. It was an incredible moment. I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, and we got, uh, we got, well, I thought we got perfect conclusion to the Tower of Joy question. We got, we got 90% conclusion. 90% conclusion. I, which think, was, I think people asking like, well, who's the dad is like. It's pretty oh, dumb. We spent all this time saying R plus L equals J. Can you just like. Look, we know that L equals J. Right. Can't we just assume that R is the other part it's, of it? It's, it's certainly Rhaegar. Like, not to spoil anything. I don't think this is a spoiler. Um, literally everyone knows this. It's certainly Rhaegar. He kidnapped her. They fell in love. That's just, I don't know if that's true. I don't have anything to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, so that makes John half Targaryen, half Stark, and a total badass, which he's trying to should have been this whole time, and now he's the king in the north. And that scene gave me the absolute chills. Um, Amazing, uh, Lady Mormont. That, that eight-year-old. Yeah, I was about to say, eight, let's eight go. Year old, she's a, she's a fucking G. Now, so this would make Danny John's aunt. This would make Danny's John's right? aunt correct. Um, I mean, that's weird. This I know. show clearly hasn't had a problem with uh, incest. No, I would. It's. Uh, I would say the show had no problem in the first episode. You got to watch uh, brother and sister get it on. So they came out of the gates fire and hot, and I believe they might end up doing that again. I don't know if John and Danny will actually get together. It's. You no, know, it's. It seems like that's the way everything's going. But I. I. I think I'm being led astray. Yeah, uh, well, okay. So Danny mentioned she wants to marry for like positioning, right? right exactly. Is there someone who would give her a better? positioning on the map than John? No. 
but I don't think positioning is going to matter. That's my whole deal. Like, I don't, once, once the final season comes, positioning and political power is just over. It's Night King time, baby. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, all, all season eight is fighting the Night King and everyone just getting, like, season eight of, of Game of Thrones is just going to be The Walking Dead. Right. But I think, like, if, when Danny gets to Westeros, I don't, there ain't going to be much resistance to her being there. No, I don't Lannister think so. Lannister army isn't this, like, giant force. No. The only, her only hope is, is what? Getting Littlefinger to do some finagling up north to try and get Sansa to turn on Jon? But yeah. even then, like, no one beats... I don't think anyone beats Danny. Oh, well, you know what the, the key to that is? The three giant dragons. Um, those things are, are pretty much the unbeatable nuke in this, in this war. And they'll be the key, obviously. There. And it's very... Um, very obvious, I think, at this point, those those dragons will be the key to defeating the Night King at some point. Yeah, they are the trump card. Haha. It's so weird saying trump card these days. Not getting into that. It really makes me upset. Yep. It really makes me upset. Uh, any other moments in this episode that really stood out to you that maybe like you thought was one of your favorite moments other than King of the North? and, and every, every, every moment stood out to me in that episode, <laughs> and it was just straight fucking fire. I just want someone uh, to look at me like Sam looks at books. You know what I mean? Okay. Every moment, but that one stood out to me <laughs> like it was straight fucking. Fire. I knew I was calling you out. That's why. I, that's why I said that. I knew. I knew that was the one moment you would have forgotten. But the the episode was perfect. I would actually say that was up there in one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Ever. Uh, it's up there with the uh, second to last episode of Breaking Bad for me. Osmandius. See, uh, I should one day watch Breaking Bad. Maybe. I. I. It's funny you say this because I just had this conversation. With James also, where he said, he's like, I will never, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, I haven't watched Breaking Bad, and I told him, you know, you gotta do that, you gotta get it done. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, it's gotten to this point where, like, I've been, I've gone this long without seeing Breaking Bad that now I, like, I just want to go, maybe I want to just go down as the one person who hasn't seen it. I, I get it, I get being that guy, I'm that guy a lot of the time, but, uh, but Breaking Bad is something else. Just, just saying. I, I can't promote it any more than saying it's, it's the best TV show. Period. The end. That, that's fair. That is fair. The end. Um, so I don't know where the season goes next. Obviously, that I think that everyone's gonna uh, come together. I think Jamie is done with Cersei. I think it's over. I think. Uh, well, well, let's let's review. Okay. Um, they had three kids, and they're all dead. They're all dead. And she was uh, directly. She's directly responsible for two or the third, the third. Okay. The well, thir- was she responsible? No. No, Joff got Joffrey got poisoned. poisoned. The, the first two got poisoned. Yep. The third, like, Cersei did everything but push Tom and out the window. Pretty much, that kid had a tough life. He was like manipulated and and thrown around by literally everyone his entire like the entirety of his life. Marjorie, his mother, everyone, Tywin, Kevin. So, uh, Kevin. Kevin on a show with so many cool names, I just I love that on a show with so many cool and different names. There's a guy named Kevin. There's a guy named Kevin who's just like whatever. It's it's Kevin Lannister. It's spelled with it's. I think it's, it's Kevin it's Lannister. It's it's with an A N instead of an I N at the end. Kevin. Yeah, it's Kevin. like Kevon Barlow, former okay. running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Who would know that other than you? Um, uh, other 49er fans? I guess maybe? so. Maybe. He was a bum. So I think he was the kind of running back that was good on Madden but terrible in real life. Isn't that most running backs? Uh, probably, probably, possibly. Um, so any other any other 
Thrones takes we want to give before we we, uh, we end the schnoozle? I just call it the schnoozle. Uh, I'm gonna honestly, after Are You the One tonight, I'm gonna go back and rewatch last night's episode just because. I can't get enough of it. I'm going to rewatch it also, which is, uh, I think I watched it maybe like two or three times this week because it was just so perfect. I could have it on in the background. I have no problem. That first scene, I just can't get over. The cinematography, I'm going to nerd out real quick, was some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in a TV show. It was shot for shot with the Cersei and all the people within the seven-pointed star and even the Loras, like, getting caught. Loras had to confess, like, everything he never wanted to confess. He got, like, he gave away all his kingdom. He, like... He, like, he was gay as a man and had to say that he would, he would never do that again and, like, devote his life to this faith, which he obviously didn't want to do. And two seconds later, he got annihilated. So, that's the way to go. Uh, you, can, you can say his confession was lit. Oh, my God. These jokes, man. <laughs> They're so bad. They're straight fucking fire? Straight fire. Straight fire. Straight uh, wildfire is what you want to say. Boom. Uh, oh, boy. Boom. We, should, we gotta go. All right. Yeah, it's, it's bedtime. It's bedtime for all of us, except we're going to go watch more Game of Thrones. But uh, maybe we'll touch on this one more time this year. I would like to maybe, like, I'm going to watch it one more time. I'm going to give my thoughts on what I'm going to happen next season. And then uh, that'll, be, that'll be it. All right, man. We can do that, for sure. It's a good thing we do this once a week. It is, <laughs> is it? I don't think so. Uh, all right, buddy. It, it was be. a pleasure seeing you this weekend and, uh, and, and hugging your sweet skin against mine. No, Alma? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I saved your uh, your phone. I didn't really save your phone, but I'm glad I retrieved your phone from under a dock with my wonderful swimming prowess. It was it was just uh, you. The phone was in the water for a solid five minutes. Yeah, like, it wasn't just yeah. a oop, oopsie. Yeah. But when you took it out of the water and it was still working, I was like, "What is this?" And then I got in the house to put it in rice, and the phone was like, uh, "JK, lol." And it's over. That makes sense. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. And speaking of that, we're gone here. We're gone too. Thanks for listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can subscribe to us anywhere. You can subscribe to any podcast. Uh, we have. A, we're working on our website right now. We might post start posting some articles soon. I researched the website medium.com today for that. Greg, I'll talk to you about that later, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll we're we're gonna expand a little bit. Might even have our first T-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna say. I should. Like, I Is think this you a should good make podcast? sure I get. Yeah, you should give me one of those. I'm sure. We'll see. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the summer. Happy 4th of July. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, buddy. that makes a then. great point. Before we go, uh, next oh. Monday is 4th of July. So I don't think we'll be recording. No? I mean, it's just a normal day for me. I'm going to go to work, come home from work, and hang out. Maybe we'll record on Sunday. And then we'll, we'll post it on, right, uh, you- on, on, on Tuesday. I am available for either day. All right. Sounds good, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, buddy. Bye-bye. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.